Good morning to, let me see, February 22nd, Monday, February 22nd, to the weight management call with Body Burn 30 and TR90. This is the New Skin uh, morning call to keep you motivated and working on your weight management lifestyle change. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. And I am very glad that you are with me today. Welcome, welcome. And we are going to continue on on my, my mirandering on sleep. But I did want to pass on one thing. I got a text or an email this week that says that the mouthwash is going to be discontinued in April. So if you want to get some, and it, it's out of stock at the moment, so if you wanted some uh, mouthwash, keep an eye out, and at the minute it turns up, you might want to add it to your ADR for an extra month or two because come April it will be gone, and I'm sad because I use that product all the time, right along with the toothpaste. But there you have it. Things move on, and we must learn to change. So, as I said, this is Granny D. Dorcas Smith. I'm talking about sleep from Brain Rules, John Medina, The 12 Principles for Surviving, Thriving at Work, Home, and School. So, I'm going to go back a step because I like to reset ourselves where we are. Sleep. Sleep is probably one of the most productive things we do to learn. If you're learning something, go to sleep right afterwards and hopefully nobody will wake you up and that sleep will help you to master that skill that you're learning. If a central casting ever called you to suggest a character in history representing the archetypal and brilliant but mad-looking scientist, I talked about him last week, Dmitry Ivinovich Mendeleev might be in your top five list. He was hairy and opinionated. Mendeleev possessed the lurking countenance of a Rasputin. And you know this name, Mendeleev. The minute I tell you why you know it, you'll remember. He had the haunting eyes of Peter the Great, the moral, and the, so Mendeleev possessed the lurking countenance of Rasputin and the haunting eyes of Peter the Great and the moral flexibility of both. He once com- threatened to commit suicide if a young lady wouldn't marry him. She consented, which of course is quite illegal, because unbeknownst to the poor girl, Mendeleev was already married. married. This trespass kept him out of the Russian Academy of Scientists for quite a while, which in hindsight might have been a bit rash as Mendeleev single-handedly systemized the entire science of chemistry. He's pretty, he's pretty clever man. When I tell you the word, periodic table, I bet you get Mendeleev now. His periodic table of elements, a way of organizing every atom that had so far been discovered, was too, was so prescient it allowed room for all the elements yet to be found and even predicted some of their properties. But what's most extraordinary is this. Mendeleev said, says 
or said his first, he first came up with the idea of the periodic table in his sleep. Contemplating the nature of the universe while playing solitaire one evening, he nodded off. When he woke up, he knew how all the atoms in the universe were organized, and he promptly created his famous table. Interestingly, he he organized the atoms in repeating groups of seven. Mendeleev is hardly the only scientist who has reported feelings of inspiration having slept, of course. There is something to the notion of let sleep on it. What's the relationship between ordinary sleep and extraordinary learning? Mountains of data demonstrate that healthy sleep can indeed boost learning significantly in certain types of tasks. These results generate in a great deal of interest among sleep scientists and unsurprisingly no small amount of controversy. How should we define learning, they debate. Exactly, what is improvement? But there are many examples of this phenomenon. One study stands out in particular, and I read about this last week, but listen to it again. Students were given a series of math problems and prepped with a method to solve them. The students weren't told there was also a super easy shortcut way to solve the problems, potentially discoverable while doing the exercise. The question was, is there a way to jump start start, or even speed up their insights? Can you get the students to put this other method on their radar screens? The answer actually is yes if you allow the students to sleep on it. If you let 12 hours pass after the initial training and ask the students to do new more problems, about 20% will have discovered the shortcut. But if in that 12 hours you also allow eight or so hours of regular sleep, the figure triples to about 60%. No matter how many times the experiment is run, the sleep group consistently outperforms the non-sleep group by about three to one. So, if you have a problem or you have something to solve, you can definitely sleep on it. And when you go to bed, tell yourself to solve the problem. Sleep has been shown to enhance tasks that involve visual texture discrimination, motor adaptations, and motor sequencing. I'll read that again. Sleep has been shown to enhance enhance tasks that involve visual texture discrimination, motor adaptations, and motor sequencing. The type of learning that appears to be most sensitive to sleep improvement is that which includes, that involves learning a procedure. Interestingly, if you simply disrupt the night's sleep at specific stages and retest in the morning, guess what? You eliminate any overnight learning improvement. Clearly, for specific types of intellectual skill, sleep can be a great friend to learning. So let's talk about sleep loss and the brain drain. It won't surprise you then that the lack of sleep hurts learning. In fact, a highly successful student can set up for a precipitous academic fall 
just by adjusting the number of hours of sleep he or she sleeps. Take an A student used to scoring in the top 10% of virtually, virtually anything done. One study showed that if you get just under seven hours of sleep on weekdays and about 40 minutes more on weekends, you will begin to score in the bottom 9% of non-sleep-deprived individuals. Cumulative losses during the week add up to cumulative, sorry, cumulative losses during the week add up to cumulative death deficits during the weekend, and if not paid for, the sleep debt will be carried into the next week. Another study followed soldiers responsible for operating complex military hardware. This is really interesting. One night sleep loss resulted in about a 30% loss in overall cognitive skill with a subsequent drop in performance. Bump that sleep loss to two nights sleep loss and the figure becomes 60%. Other studies have extended these findings. When sleep is restricted to six hours of less or less per night for just five nights, for example, cognitive performance matched that of a person suffering from 48 hours of continual sleep deprivation. I wish I'd known this when I was teaching because I was teaching there was sometimes when I got way too little sleep and if I had realized the damage I was doing to myself, I would not have done that. So make sure that you get at least seven hours of sleep because a cog- the cognitive performance of a person Okay, let me try that again. When sleep is restricted to six hours or less a night for five nights, for example, cognitive performance matched a person, matched that of a person suffering from 48 hours of continual sleep deprivation. So more research has begun to shed light on other functions that do, that do not at first blush seem associated with sleep, but they are. When people become sleep-deprived, for example, their ability to utilize the food they are consuming falls to about one-third. The ability to make insulin and to extract energy from the, the brain's favorite dessert, glucose, begins to fail miserably. At the same time, you find a marked need to have more of it because the body's stress hormones level begin... Sorry, because the body's stress hormone levels begin to rise in in an increasingly deregulated fashion. If you keep up the behavior, you appear to accelerate parts of the aging process. For example, this is really interesting. If healthy 30-year-olds are deprived, are sleep-deprived for six days, averaging in this study about four hours of sleep per night, Parts of their body chemistry soon revert to that of a 60-year-old, and if they are allowed to recover, it will take them almost a week to get back to their 30-year-old systems. The bottom line is that sleep loss means mind loss. Sleep loss cripples thinking. In just about every way you can measure thinking, sleep loss hurts attention, it hurts executive function, It hurts immediate memory. 
It hurts working memory. It impacts your mood, your quantitative skills, your logical reasoning ability, and general math knowledge. Let me read all that again. Sleep loss cripples thinking in just about every way you can measure thinking. Sleep loss impacts attention, executive function, immediate memory, working memory, mood, quantitative skills, logical reasoning ability, and general math knowledge. Eventually, sleep loss affects manual dexterity, including fine motor control, except if you remember, Dement played pinball with the sleep-deprived student, and he lost every time. So eventually, sleep loss affects a manual dexterity, including fine motor control, and even gross motor movements, such as the ability to walk on a treadmill. When you look at all of the data combined, a consistency emerges. Sleep is rather intimately involved in learning. It is, the, it is observable with large amounts of sleep. It is observable with small amounts of sleep. It is observable, it is observable all the time. Of course, explaining how exactly sleep improves performance has not been as easy as demonstrating the fact that it does improve, it does improve performance. Given the importance of the issue to the brain rule, let's try anyway. We're running out of time for today, and I am going to, let's see, oh, I'll read one little bit more. Consider the following true story of a successfully married, incredibly detail-oriented accountant. Even though dead asleep, he regularly gave financial reports to his wife all night long. Many of these reports came from the day's activities. Incidentally, if his wife woke him up, which was often because of his financial broadcasts are loud, the accountant became amorous and wanted to have sex. Are we all organized? Are we all organizing our previous experiences while we sleep? Could this not only explain all of the other data we have been discussing, but also finally give us the reason why we sleep? To answer all these questions, we must return to the story of the hapless rat who 10 years ago was unfortunate enough to have fallen asleep with a bunch of wires stuck in his head. The wires were electrodes placed near individual neurons. Hook these electrodes up to a recording device and you can eavesdrop on the brain while it's talking to itself. Something like a CIA phone tap, listening to the individual's chatter of neurons as they process information. Even in a tiny rat's brain, it is not unusual these days to listen in on up to 500 neurons at once. So what are they all saying? If you listen in while a rat is acquiring new information like learning to navigate a maze, you soon will detect something extraordinary. A very discrete maze-specific pattern of electrical stimulation begins to emerge, working something like the old Morse code. A series of neurons begin to crackle in a specifically timed sequence during the learning. Afterwards, 
the rat will always fire off that pattern whenever it travels through the maze. It appears to be an electrical representation of the mats, the rat's new maze navigating thought patterns. At least as many as five hundred. As at least as many as as let me try that again. At least as many as the five hundred electrodes can detect. So what's really interesting, and I'll mention it when I read on Wednesday, if you disrupt the rats sleeping, they lose the learning. So if you get a nap after you've been learning, chances are the information will hold tight. But if you get woken up during that nap, you may lose the information. So when you're telling yourself to solve a problem, make sure that there's nobody who's going to wake you up during the night and ruin your problem-solving situation because you do solve problems in your sleep. All right, we're going to stop right there for today. Okay, this is Granny D. Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan, thanking you for listening to my discussion today on sleep. There'll be more on Wednesday. I'm glad you are with us, and I hope that my information has provided you with some knowledge on how to impact your sleep and how to impact your learning and your memory. All right, let's do this. Thank you, Dorcas. There you go, everybody. There you go, everybody. <laughs> so, if you want to learn a process or you want to learn something, have a have a 10 to 20 minute nap afterwards and it'll definitely go in better. Yes, indeed. So everybody, it's Monday the 22nd. Have a great day in 2 minutes. One Team Global will be doing a session on how to build your business. Tomorrow will be Nikki's Zoom day. I will be confirming with her. If you don't get a text, then you know everything is good. I'll be back on Wednesday. Frank is on Thursday, and Susan is on Friday. So I look forward to a busy week, and thank you for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. You thank too. you. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. <laughs>